Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, believers, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, we have a very special panel. You're going to meet them in just a second. But before we do, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads. And I also uh, want to welcome our Boardman campus, our Warren campus, everybody watching online, Facebook Live, our YouTube channel. If you're watching later, we just are excited you're with us. This is going to be very impactful. And the first thing I want to do is help you meet these incredible dads that are with me. So, Rob, introduce yourself. Yes, my name is uh, Rob Caven. I have uh, three older boys, and I have a son and a daughter. Uh, my daughter's name is Riley. I have a son, Zach, and a son, Ryan, Matt, and Donovan. Awesome. Uh, go ahead, Chuck. So, I'm Chuck Moxley. I've attended Believers now for 20 years. Um, I have two children. I'm the old dad in the group, so my kids are 30 and 26. And um, my light's at the end of the tunnel. I'm almost, <laughs> almost done. Ready to be a grandpa. Yeah. yeah. Nick, how about yourself? My name's Nick Henderlight. Uh, I'm a new father. I have one son. His name's Orion. He's two years old. Excited to start the family. Yeah, we're glad you're here, too. And Tony, how about yourself? I'm Tony Stevens, married. Uh, wife, Christine. I have two boys, Tyler and Aiden. One's 18, uh, attending school in um, Buffalo, in Buffalo, and I have another 16-year-old who's um, going to Liberty High School. Wonderful, wonderful. And you coach football there, right? And I'm a high school football yeah, coach. Yeah, awesome. I've been coaching there for about... Amongst many other things. Right, right. <laughs> That's very good. Guys, I, I thought we'd start with just uh, us sharing a funny dad story. And uh, I thought I'd share one here. And it just, uh, probably a lot of us dads do this, but uh, when my boys were young, I would uh, have them pull my finger and I'd release a magic gas. And Gina would say, don't do that. Don't teach them that. And I'd say, oh, it'd be okay. She says, they're going to do it in public and they're going to embarrass you. And I'd say, it'd be okay. But my son, Dave, in children's church, he looks at the teacher. He says, hey, he says, pull my finger. So the teacher does. Dave releases a special gas. But the worst part was Dave says, my dad taught me that. <laughs> Thankfully, that teacher thought it was funny. So I'm, I'm glad he did. Rob, how about you? I want to hear a funny story from you. Uh, about 10 years ago, my daughter, my, mainly my daughter, she wanted to get a puppy. We had had a little puppy six months before that, and it get parvo passed away so she kept getting on she wanted a puppy so we went looking we found a puppy a little shih tzu she was from an abusive family so any guy's voices she didn't like so long story short we my wife goes to sleep i think i just lay on the couch and watching tv the kids are sleeping she's storming the dog starts barking she starts barking so i run upstairs we have a fenced in backyard but for some reason i took her out front put her on the leash Thunder hit, she gets out of the leash. Tell what, she's running down the street. It's raining, I'm just in a pair of shorts. I'm chasing this, chasing chasing her. Went on for 20, 30 minutes. I come in, I wake up, Amy, I said, the dog is gone. So we get in the car. This is this is probably 1, 1.30 in the morning. So we're, we're looking, we're going through all the neighbors' yards, we're running everywhere. We're driving in the car. Finally, about four hours later, we're about 10 streets over, where um, Amy says, whatever you do, don't call her. Because every time, a couple times we saw her, but because she heard my voice, she would run further. Yeah. 
So Amy said, don't say anything. We get up, we see this little, little, little white, little shih tzu running across the street. It's pouring rain. Amy calls her. She gets out. She runs in, gets it. And uh, long story, I mean, just a, the, the biggest thing is this, what we'll do for our kids. In my mind, I'm going like, I'm going like, I think we just lost a dog. But knowing that my daughter really wanted the, the puppy, we went the extra mile to, to get her. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Chuck, how about yourself? So every, every parent's got this moment where it's the first time you leave your children alone, right? My wife ended up having to work on a weekend. I was working on a weekend. My Kids were old enough. I had a son that was an eighth grader, a freshman in high school, one or the other. My daughter was in middle school. So we have a bunch of animals to take care of. You get, Listen, you got to feed the horses, feed the cat and dog, do all that stuff. And that's all you need to do. Don't do anything crazy. Just let us get through this work day. My wife's panicked, right, because it's the first time we've left the kids alone. And so 10 o'clock comes around, and here comes the phone call. My son's on the phone. Dad, don't worry. <laughs> Okay, that never ends well, right? So he said, we were out feeding the horses, and Jordan thought she had to do some kind of dance move, and she fell, and she ran the nail gun up in her leg, and it's, and it's cut pretty bad, and she's bleeding. But don't worry, I locked her in the garage so she can't bleed in the house. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> so my wife's friend goes running up there, runs her down to the clinic. I, I you know, sew her up, and... <laughs> The story was, Dad, don't worry. I've got her locked in the garage so she can't bleed in the house. <laughs> I, love I love that a lot. Nick, how about you? All right. uh, mine's not the usual like funny story, but it was a weekend, and Mandy and I were both home with Orion. Mandy wasn't feeling so well that day, so she had been in the bathroom the whole time. You know, vomiting. Well, I don't do vomit very well. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy you see the vomit, you smell the vomit, you join the vomit party. Right. And so I've been taking care of Orion the whole time. You know, it's getting towards the end of the day. We're getting ready for bed. I give him his bottle. Sure enough, he turns to me and he vomits all over me from the beard. At that time, I had a pretty long beard in my beard, all down my chest, down to my feet. And I, I got that smell, and you know how when you get that smell, and you get that, start that salivating in your mouth, and I was like, oh no. But I grabbed control of myself, took us both up to the bath upstairs, just jumped in the bath with clothes on and everything, and I'm sitting in there, and all I can do is just laugh at the situation at that point. It's just like, <laughs> it is what so it is. So you dodged a bullet? Yeah, I dodged a oh, bullet awesome, there. Awesome. I kind of cleaned myself up, and so every time I look back at that now, I just, I just get a laugh out of it. Oh yeah, that's a great story. How about you, Tony? Well, Pastor, you know my family. I do. Um, very, very athletic family, a very competitive family. Um, we're competitive in kind of mafia. I, I think you played with us one I time. I love playing the mafia yeah, game yeah, with yeah, the yeah, Stevens family. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty intense. Well, when I had my boys, you know, back then it was big video games, you know, and they were like probably five, and, and I think my oldest one was like eight years old, and they were really good. X is O squared, you know, double tap, this and that. And we had a boxing game, and it's just Madden, or we had football games, boxing game, and I love the box, because of course my brother was a boxer, as you know. And, um, and I'm here, you know, fighting. I'm getting knocked out. I got Muhammad Ali, I'm getting knocked out every single time. I'm like, how am I getting knocked out? And they just picked these little small fighters who was quick, like, like Ray Leonard, you know, and just knocking my block off. I'm, I'm getting mad. So I wait till they go to bed. 
and my, and my wife comes in, are you coming to bed? What are you doing up at three o'clock in the morning? You know, I'm playing these video games. I'm trying to learn this game. I say, I'm tired of them beating me and laughing at me. You know, so I'm not getting beat by these guys anymore. Well, unknown to me, they would get up and they would just sit in there watching me. And they, would, they would laugh at me, you know. And I'm, I'd get, hey, let's, hey, let's go play. So we're playing. And, um, and of course, they knock me out again, and they would say, "Well, Dad, you better get back up and go practice some more." And I was like, "I'm looking like, how'd you know that?" You know. <laughs> so it, it was real funny. And the last one, I, I, you know, as I'm getting older and my boys are getting bigger, I, I played basketball with my older son Tyler um, at the time, probably about three, four years ago. I'm about 51 years at the time, and um, you know, I still thought I was in pretty good shape, and but he's getting stronger and bigger. I can see him starting to fill out a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to guard him, you know, and I'm getting elbows. I'm getting like little pushed around. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, but I'm taking it, you know, and um, I'm like, oh my goodness. I got done playing basketball. I wait till all the kids kind of walk away, and I'm like, oh man, trying to get back to my car. And um, the dad, he says, Pop, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. I was sore for like three days straight. <laughs> Haven't played basketball with those guys since. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm okay. You guys, I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love so. it. Love both those stories. Very good, guys. I want to ask a couple questions. Um, Rob, I'll begin with you. How did becoming a father most change your life? Um, in my case, it made me want to be better um, for my kids' sake. I, I went back and looked at my childhood and realized um, my father really wasn't there. I, my father was never there, not really was there. My mom got remarried when I was 11. Took me a couple of years to, my stepdad's a great guy, he's involved, a Christian guy, he's involved, a church, great guy. But it took me two or three years to warm up to him. By then, you're almost an adult. So my memory of having a father figure really wasn't, it wasn't much. And it, it, there were some people when I was younger at my church, when I was younger, some guys that kind of took me under their wing, but never had anybody to, to really talk to um, as far as a father type stuff. You never, I, that type of, uh, I was pretty pretty athletic, but never had anyone to push. Sometimes you need someone to to get on you a little bit and, you, and then you need someone to, to, to love you and, and never really had that. My aunts, um, and it, it really affected me growing up. So as I had kids, it, it, it wasn't a natural thing. So it, it really caused me to see that the way, you, the way I was r raised, there was a lot of things that were wrong and it made me want to be a better father. And it took me a while to, to, to realize um, something that uh, on one of our Zoom, Ryan Cather said on a Zoom message when uh, we were off, he said something to the effect of um, what's my truth. He said the big thing is now everyone's saying that's Rob's truth. Yeah. And really what was Rob's truth really wasn't the correct way to raise a kid, to be a father, or to be a, even to be a husband. And through a lot of failures, I realized um, that um, First of all, I got I got to change. I got to change how I think. Once I changed how I think, it became a little easier. And I tell you what, so it really changed me to want to do better and to really delve into myself and all the wounds that I had as a child, as all the things that I thought were wrong, that were wrong to done to me, that just to uh, kind of get over that and um, and to raise my own kids. Yeah, you didn't have that model to you. But you did well. I mean, you, you you grew yourself, and that's that's very impressive. 
And having those little ones made you realize I have to do this, huh? Yes, and really having a daughter really, my sons are great, but having a daughter really, it really, because it, the sons are harder. I can't, I don't, I didn't communicate very well with, with uh, men, because all the men in my life were, um, I didn't really have any men that were close to me. My aunts were close, my aunts, my mom. So it was hard for me to communicate with my sons. It was hard because I never had that. I could communicate with, it was easy. With a daughter, sometimes a daughter's easy because they come up and, Daddy, I love you, I love you. Yeah. With a son, you gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta get it, it's harder to get it out of them. And I didn't know how to do that. So it took me a lot of failure to really come to that point to where I, we're doing okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's Thank powerful. You. How about you, Chuck? Um, you know, I was blessed to be kind of in the opposite situation. I had really, really strong parental role models. My dad was a was a good man. You know, teacher, probably the best coach I ever had in all the athletics I've ever been involved with. And um, the thing about when you go from non-parenthood to parenthood you realize for the first time in your life that you're willing to lay your life down for that child. You, you realize for the first time it's the complete act of unselfish devotion. Like if, if I have to die, that's okay. You know, that's, that's okay. And that's a powerful thing to realize that that, that that bond is that strong, you know. So that's how it most changed me is the realization that, yes, I want to be better. I want to be a better man. But part of being a better man is, look, if it comes down to it, I'm gone Yeah. for that child's benefit. Very powerful. So. How about you, Nick? Yeah, to kind of piggyback off of what both Rob and Chuck said, it, it is changed me in the sense that, like, now my life and my values are, are centered around this child now rather than my own interest. And one of those you know, values is making sure that I'm attending church, making sure that I'm reading my Bible, making sure that I'm praying. And he sees those things, so I'm setting the foundation in his life early. And so really to me, not only has, I, has it changed me in my values, but it's changed me in my relationship with God. So, I like that. That's very good. And Tony, how about yourself? Well, I, I come from a, a family of two parents, um, which is, Sometimes it's, it can be hard with, you know, some people have single parents, like Barb was talking about. I was lucky, I was blessed. I had a hardworking father, um, wasn't educated. He educated from, you know, just from doing in the streets, you know. My mother was an educated woman, and um, my father was very adamant about, you know, keeping us in the church. After I got married, um, you know, before I got married, I had the cars. I had the Corvettes, I had the motorcycles, I had, you know, I'd get everything I want. I had a good job, you know, working for the state patrol. And um, I finally got married, the wife and I, we would just go off, shoot off and go where we wanted to go. And um, a good buddy of mine, I was probably about 25, 26, somewhere around there, 27. A good buddy of mine, Marvin Hill, you know, he's married, you know, at, at, at 25, 26, and he got like five or six, five or six kids. I call them the Brady Bunch kids. You know, I go in there, there's a bunch of kids, all he said, you wait, man, you wait. When I get 35 and you just start your family, my kids are all gonna be grown, I'm gonna get to do what I wanna do. I'm like, okay. But I had that first child, you know, and, um, and, and the sacrifices that you, you, you do for those kids. I got rid of my motorcycle. You know, I got rid of my, my Corvette. I, and 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy my wife a big old SUV because my child was going to be in the most biggest tank possible. You know, you you take him out to the hospital and you put him in that car and you're driving like this. Hey, get away from me! You, you're too close to my car. You know, you're driving home like you know speedman's 55 and you're doing 45, just real real slow. I think every new father you know know what I'm talking about. So you know, having those. And like Chuck said, you know, you uh, do anything for your kids. And, as, and as, as my kids are getting older, you still, you know, would do anything for your kids. And, um, and that's, you know, that's what a father, you know, I was taught that, you know, you, know, you, you take care of your family. You know, and, um, and I, I will lay my life down for my family. Wow, that's quite a theme, hon. Yeah. Uh, not, be, not being selfish and just saying I'm willing to lay my life down. I, I want to ask another question, but I want to preface it with this scripture that most most people know. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And I remember reading that just when I was about to have my first child, and I just didn't know what it meant. Like, what does train up mean? I kind of understood it. But then that Hebrew word literally means to imbue or to permeate. And then sometimes Hebrew words paint pictures, and this one does. The picture it paints is like taking a white cloth and immersing it in a, a blue dye and let it in there for however long, a couple hours or so. And when you pull it out, it's no longer a white cloth. It's now blue, and that dye permeates every fiber. And so the scholars will tell you with this scripture, this is about the repetitions we put our kids through. And if we put them through repetition after repetition, it's going to go into their every fiber and it's going to be who they are. And sometimes kids walk away from some of it. Um, and sometimes they fight it. I remember fighting all these things my parents wanted me to do, but then I became my parents just from that repetition that they put into it. So uh, here's my question coming from that. What repetitive values did you train your children in? Rob, how about you? Uh, the big thing for us is respect. We, um, we really uh, teach our kid when an adult, an elder, a teacher, a pastor, um, any adult for them to, to be respectful. My big thing is to always look in the eye. Nothing drives me crazy more when I'm talking to someone young and they're looking down here. I like my kid to look. I like my kids to look at you when they're talking to you. Seem inter interested. Um, we whether they get a birthday gift, a uh, any type of gift. This is this is Amy's big thing. As soon as they get it, she's going out buying thank you cards. She's making them write thank you cards, show appreciation. And I think that's a a big value that I see a lot of kids I see that, that are just disrespectful and we get a lot of compliments my son especially and my daughter too but Zach we get a lot of compliments about him being respectful so that's something that's a big deal to us he said I go up and talk to him in the lobby he's yeah. very very respectful he yeah. always looks me in the eyes too yes. all the time Chuck how about yourself yeah I, again I think you model your your model your parental behavior after your parents and my dad was um, the father of these three gigantic boys who kind of did whatever they wanted to do, you know. So your youngest brother, Tim, 6'8", yeah. played in the NFL. Right. And then your... I have a middle brother who's a Big Ten heavyweight wrestling champ, still holds the all-time record at Ohio State and in the Big Ten for the most pins. Wow. And, and you uh, were a wrestler too, huh? And I wrestled for the Buckeyes also. And so... My parents had a full-time job. I mean, they were they they had their they had they had their hands full, and um, my father did three things that I tried to do with my kids. He told us he loved 
He loved us every day. We knew, we knew that. That was not something that was in question, you know. Um, the second thing that he did, he was a strict disciplinarian because he had absolutely no choice in the matter. Because if we got out of control, you know, people would have orthopedic surgery and buildings would burn down. You know, that kind of trouble we got into. And so um, he and my mother both were very strict disciplinarians. And the other thing that he did with us is he taught us to work. My dad was a coal miner and a farmer. My mother was a registered nurse, worked full time. And we, my brothers and I, were responsible for the care of between 1,000 and 3,000 cows in a beef cattle operation in southeastern Ohio as boys. And so we had a lot of responsibility and we worked between telling us he loved us, discipline, and work. Those were things that I tried to do with my children, not in that extreme, but but that's the model behavior that I think helped me yeah, a and, lot. And you your know. kids are following that. Yeah. yeah. They that's, will work. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Nick, how about yourself? Uh, as a younger father, I want to say I, I really appreciate both of those. Those are you know, a lot of great values coming from some father, older fathers here. Uh, obviously, you know, as a two-year-old, it's hard to instill much into a two-year-old. You're just kind of going through the small things right now. But uh, keep three, the vomit cleaned off. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> three core values that I that were instilled into me when I was in the military that I'm going to kind of take from the military that I, I want to put forth in his life is integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do. And it's just simple, you know, everybody knows what integrity means, doing the right thing when nobody's looking, service before self, always going out and helping somebody, even if it's taken from your time and your enjoyment, and then excellence in all we do, which I think we all try to do here is strive to be the best person we could be. So I think with those three core values, I'm hoping I set them on the right track. Oh, you will. That's, that's really good. That's really good. Tony, how about yourself? Mine is, you know, I kind of can... can piggyback off of um, what, what everyone's saying here is, is the first thing is that we've always taught our kids, you know, to be God-fearing kids. And um, that's how I was raised, you know, to be a God-fearing kid. So we brought Christ in their life right away by putting them in the daycare, Christian daycare um, academy, and so they can learn the values, you know. Um, and my main thing I always taught my kids is your integrity. You're going to be judged by your character. You always got to, once you lose that character, even in school, I would tell my kids, look, you know, you want to have a good character in school because you will be labeled as a troublemaker kid in school. You want to be that kid who wants to be respectful, yes ma'am, no ma'am. You don't want to be that kid who's always getting in trouble because that will just follow you all through school. You know, and um, of course, you know, I think it's hard for a kid at that age to understand, but you got to just keep telling them that. And um one of the other things I, I try to instill in my kids, like, you know, they're very athletic. My, my family's athletic. My, um, I had a brother who was a professional fighter. My one brother played professional um, basketball overseas. Um, I had a little stink with the, with the Cleveland Browns and I with the Browns. And, you know, um, I had a brother on a football scholarship. I mean, my whole baseball scholarship, my whole family was, 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 was athletic. My mom was athletic, but my dad was a hardworking man. And I've always taught my kids they needed to be hardworking. And um, but you know when you ex ex when you achieve greatness, I've always taught my kids not to be selfish. You know you always want to give credit to someone else because it's not just about you, okay? And you be the first to give credit 
to someone else and you be the first to take the blame when things don't go right because you know it that's what great people do you know you 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 man up to it you know if you want to be that leader all leaders take the blame take it on their shoulder but they have their soldiers around them that they let lead and 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 be um they give credit to them because without them they wouldn't be successful and um and my sons have have learned that I'm very proud of of them you know when, when they give their interviews you know they they give you know God praise first you know first and most I want to thank God and that's something I always taught them that's the first thing you say when someone's talking to you and they give you an interview I want to thank God for this opportunity I love it you taught them humility yes that's that's that will take them places in yes. life that's very good okay guys here we're going to shift gears and just ask this question what do you enjoy the most about being a father Rob uh, the most, uh, probably the thing I enjoy the most is my kid's success. Uh, whether it be my son, Zach, when he was a uh, sophomore, they had a thing for the Trumbull County Bar Association. Uh, you had to write a paper and when he was a sophomore. All the kids from Trumbull County, he got first place as a sophomore. He got to, we got to go to a dinner, he got to go some of the politicians and the judges. He got to shadow one of the attorneys and that was a big deal. So that, I was proud of him with that. And then my da my daughter with her dancing, she dance, she's been dancing since she's been three or four. Uh, she's uh, big into that, whether it be her solos, that type of stuff. And then my, uh, my older son graduated, he's a graphic designer. Just seeing them be productive, be uh, God-fearing, uh, Christian kids, um, that makes me happy and I'm proud of them when they, when they achieve things like that. Like seeing fruit. Yes. Yeah, from yes. all that hard labor. Chuck, how about you? I would say the exact same thing. You know, you 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 pour yourself, you pour your time, your your wife pours her time in, and you have these projects, and these they're like little tomato plants. You grow them up, and you prune them, and you fertilize them, and you put them in a pot they need to grow in. You know, and you try to do the best you can do with them. And then when you see the fruit born, you know, I have a son that was a really great runner at Maplewood and had a had a wonderful career there in a school that's got this tremendous tradition. And um, he went on and got a degree at Youngstown State and then got his master's degree at Youngstown State. And my daughter was a, was a really blessed athletic kid who got to swim and run track and do a lot of things. She ended up at Ohio State and ran for the Buckeyes. And um, watching these kids achieve these things and then go on later in life and achieve the things that they achieve just in their job world the lessons you taught them way back here translate to the athletic world, then translate to their professional life. That's the fruit, you yeah, know. I love it. I love it. Nick. Yeah, uh, I agree with both of you there. I'm at much smaller steps right now, but just to kind of get on that, it, today we were at the swimming pool, and I, I'm watching Orion swim now. You know, granted, we're using floaties and stuff, but he's kicking his legs. He's swimming across the pool. Mm -hmm. And I think just last year, we're at the pool, and he's just kind of floating there, you know, in his little floating tub that we have him. And, and I just like the thing I enjoy the most about being a father is just watching those small things with him. You know, like you learn how to walk. Now you're learning how to swim. You're learning how to talk. And it's just truly magical to see him go from this little infant and then as you guys see now they're full-grown adults for you guys and I and not that I want to rush the situation but I can't wait to see them you know when they're at that end and they're full-grown adults to see what kind of man he's gonna become I like that a lot Tony how about yourself well they grow up fast first of all um, they, they, they time flies by um, you know I, I'm most proud of my sons on um, the hard work they, they put in my wife and I Christine you know she was 
you know, the, the schoolwork. You know, I was schoolwork, but, you know, my wife was the grades. I'm more of the, hey, you know, we got to get out there and throw the football. We got to go out there, got to go to the batting cages. We got to go to the weightlifting. And my wife makes sure that, you know, hey, they're getting their schoolwork done. You know, and, and it's always student athlete first. I got I got some bright bright kids, my one son, you know, they're both very athletic. Um, like I say, one earned a full ride scholarship to, to football, six eight, about two forty, it's a tight end for University of Buffalo. My other one's like six about he's gonna be like six four, he's like six one now. He's one eighty seven. Um very smart, honor roll student, he just got a president award for for academics. Um, my other one, you know, is very smart in school and doing great things, but I'm proud of him because I, we taught them how to work hard. You know, um, I mean, they would you know go to practice for for three hours of basketball practice, and my oldest one would go straight to weightlifting for another three hours. You know, they would put six hours in a day. I mean, and they would probably work and do things probably six days out of the week. Sundays was church, you know, and even on Sundays we'd go do some things after church. So. Um, but now it's that repetition, teaching them how to work hard. Because when you work hard, you know you will get you, you will have your fruits. You know the fruits of your labor. So now I don't have to tell them because they see what the hard work can do. You know my son today, hey dad, can I get into the weight room? We get the key to the weight room. Yep, I go let you in. I let him in. He go works out by himself. I come home. My youngest one downstairs pumping the weights, doing something. You know just things you tell them. Hey, you gotta do this. You gotta do that because. Greatness if is achieved when no one else is looking, yeah. you know, and, and that's and that's when they um and and I think they they got that. I love it. Yeah, it's it's we we appreciate seeing the fruit of our labor. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Here's here's another question. What would you do differently if you could go back and do it again, Rob? I would have started a little later and been a little um. I would have changed myself first. I would have worked on Rob first. Um, you can't love a kid or love someone else if you don't love yourself. You can't really um, be a good husband, can't be a good father if you're not comfortable in your own skin. Um, I, was, I, I think I really needed, truthfully, some type of counseling, some type of help because I just didn't, you, you think you're doing the right thing, you, you think you know what you're talking about, you think you're mature, but you're really, I know I wasn't, mature at all. Did I work? Was I a hard worker? Yes. Um, but um, you can't love your kids correctly or your wife unless you're comfortable with yourself. And once I got to the point to where I took me a long time with a lot of failures, a lot of um, ups and downs, and in the beginning more downs than up, ups. Um, once I got to the point to where I realized I didn't want to uh, keep failing. I didn't want to, I would go back and look at how my real father was and I would say, I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that. And I'm sure he, he meant well, but I didn't want that for my kids. And the only way I'm going to be able to be the best father that I can be is if I'm there for them and they can see me as an example. And um, it, it, like I said, it took me a long time to get to that, to get to that point. And um, I'm just happy we got to that point. I'm happy uh, with a lot of help. A lot of people have helped me along the way. Um, a lot of guys tell what my stepfather was really a instrumental, uh, especially in my adulthood. Adulthood. He really, as I um, 18, 19, 20, and on up, he really spent time with me and, and showed me 
But like I, like I said earlier, you never, not having your father there, it really, your real father, because there's certain things that I don't care and nothing, uh, he didn't do anything wrong, but hearing it from your father, I know it would have been a lot different. And I want to be able to do that for my kids. I want to be able to see their success. I want to be able to correct them when they need to be corrected. Also, I want to be able to love them when they need love. And, and my mom did a great job, but knowing her situation and how she was raised, there was not a, in my family growing up, the, it was just a dysfunctional family. Wasn't a lot of love. My mom's mom was killed when she was nine years old. So hearing, I could count on my hands, how many, on my one hand, how many times I, I was told I, she loves me. Not that she didn't, because she did. And by her efforts and her taking care of me, I could tell she did, but you never heard it. So your emotions were, my emotions were all over the place because I didn't, I didn't hear it. And if I ever mentioned about my grandmother, it was just, it was off limits. You couldn't talk about it. And the craziest point where I really started to, when my mom, the guy who killed my mom, she wouldn't visit him, her and my aunts, before he got out of prison. And it was like a light clicked with my mom. She totally changed. She went from being bitter to she could talk about that. And she would tell you every time she talked to you, she loved you. And that kind of caused me to change when I saw if you can change going through something like that. What really did I go through that was that bad that I couldn't change? So uh, that's basically it. Yeah. That's fascinating. God did an amazing job in you. You've become mm -hmm. an incredible dad. Thanks for Thanks sharing that. Um, how about you, Chuck? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of details that I should have, would have changed. I, it's been a while now because my kids are older, and I'm certainly not perfect. I was not a perfect father by a long stretch. I don't think I can identify many th big giant themes I would have changed. I worked really hard at it. Um, probably would have given my wife a lot more credit because she was the partner when I was out there working doing this. Um, so that I probably would have improved on that aspect of it. But I don't look back a lot. You know, my dad, my dad used to talk about this great pitcher from the Negro Leagues called Satchel Page, and Satchel then played professional baseball into his 40s and almost 50. You know, you talked about what a fantastic pitcher he was. Satchel always said, don't ever look back because something might be gaining on you, you know. So I, I don't look back that much. Good. Yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. really good advice. Nick, how about yourself? Uh, I'm going to have to remember that, Chuck, <laughs> making sure I keep the – the one or the wife, like yeah. giving her the the praise she deserves, because she does a, a, a heck team, of a job. It's a team Absolutely. It's a team uh, being a young father, I, so far everything seems like a gravy train. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a whole lot to change at this point. But if there was something I could change in my life, I would have started having kids at a much younger age, and so I could have many more. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it, other than that, everything's been pretty perfect so far. I've been truly blessed with a, a you know young, healthy son and a, a beautiful wife to help me take care of him. Awesome. Very, very good. Tony, how about yourself? Um, as you know, I'm a retired, a retired trooper of 27 years, and um, and if I would change, I would change things such as um, being able to communicate more with my wife and, and my kids when they come home. Hey, how was work? I, I didn't talk about work when I came home. I, I didn't want to talk about it, you know, because it was a very stressful job. Um, and and when I got out of uniform, I was like, I'm done. You know, I didn't want to rehash everything I, I did. But, you know, going to work, you was lied to every single day. 
every every stop, everybody told a lie. It was just a you 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 just knew a lie. I mean, everything was a lie, and you just had to sit there and take it. And uh, and one thing I would change is, you know, I think I would treat my my kids a little bit differently because if they made a mistake, you know, I was that interrogator. My, my wife said, "You got to stop interrogating your kids." I'm like, "I'm not interrogating them. He's lying. He's not. He's not lying. He's being untruthful. He's lying. You know, he's not telling the truth. I know he's lying." And I had a way said, "You sit there and you interrogate him. You'll lead him down a path and you'll put him in the corner and you know he has no way out." You know, and and he said, "You just need to sometimes, you know, just back off and." And, 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 and let it go. You make things worse by interrogating them. So that's probably one thing I would change is is, is not to be that soul when I put much and say, you got your police uniform on again, you know? I, I would just learn how to be a father, a loving father. Because um, um, I had a lot of friends tell me, look, man, you want your kids to be able to talk to you no matter what. And if you come off so hard or so stern or condemning them or, or coming at them, you know, don't you, you know, coming at them that way, like like I'm on a traffic stop, you know, and I'm dealing with a bad guy um, or something like that, you know, um, you want to be able to, to communicate with them and let them communicate to you and not condemn them or make them feel guilty for making a mistake. Tony, that's rich. Guys, this has been so rich. I have one more question. Um, what has being a father taught you about God, your heavenly father? Uh, the biggest thing is if with all the crazy things that I'd, I'd done when I was younger and, and all the uh, shortcomings I've had, to be able to, and God still loves me. And when I think about that, it, it just puts into perspective when your kid, uh, son or daughter, they make a mistake. You gotta remember God has put up with a lot with you, all the mistakes that I've made. So when I sometimes can be too tough, it'll remind me, yeah, you've done a lot of things that you wish you could uh, take back. So the, the main thing is really just uh, continue to have patience and love my kids as God loves and have patience with me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It, it amplified what how God's loved and treated you. How about you, Chuck? Yeah, so I thought a lot about this. Um, my, the answer to my first question was it was the first time in your life that you realized you'd lay your life down for your child. So what it taught me about God was that when God sent his son to die on the cross, it was such an unselfish act of love toward the human race that he would send his own son to die and take on the sin of the world as a father being willing to do that, do lay my life down for my son, it made me understand the level, or at least begin to understand the level of love that God has for people. Yeah. When he would send his own son to die. That's, uh, that's deep for me. Yeah, it's very deep, very, very good. Yeah. Nick, how about you? Uh, what being a father has taught me about God, it takes me back to when Orion was born and I first saw him. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how can I feel this kind of love for this human being that I've never met before, I've never seen before? And then it, I just start to think about my relationship with Christ and, like, the first time I took a dive into the water and sacri or, or I'm sorry, gave myself up for Christ and what he's done for us, like you were saying. And, and I, I just put those two relationships together and it just it starts to make so much more sense. Like... Christ loved us before 
you know, we were ever born. And it's the same love that I had for Orion before he was ever born. Like, I, li I like yeah. that. Very good. Yeah. Tony, how about yourself? Well, it's, it's, it's similar. Um, I made mistakes. We all made mistakes. And you make mistakes after the same mistakes over and over again. And, and God continually to forgive you, you know. So I learned to, um, you know, that I have to be able to, my kids are going to make mistakes, you know. Um, my Heavenly Father, you know, like I said, He has forgiven me and, you know, and, and been loving towards me sometimes when you feel you don't deserve it. So, you know, I, I, I learned to be able, I want to be able to, you know, love my kids. I want them to have that conviction of Christ in their hearts, you know. When I was in school growing up, you know, and I, I grew up in the church, like I said earlier, I had that conviction in me. Even though I wasn't doing everything the right way, you still had that conviction. And um, when you knew you was doing things the wrong way, if that little angel in your ear and saying, hey, you're, you're not, shouldn't be doing that, and, and then you repent afterwards, or you know, you know, what you did was wrong, and I think that will, you know, bring you into fold as you get older, you're still there. So, you know, I, I, I pray that that's in my kids' heart, you know, when their times are different, a lot different when I was growing up. You know, it's just everything is like, it's a lot and so much more access with, with internets and it's just out there, you know, and, and um, you have to understand, you know, nowadays, you know, it wasn't like when I was growing up, when my parents was growing up, they always say, you young kids these days, pull, you know, do that and do that. Now we're looking at young kids, I'm looking at my kids, I can't believe you're doing that, you know, but um, that's how my parents looked at us. But, so I just pray and I, and I, and I hope that conviction stays on them always. And as they get old, they're that sheep coming back home. That's the most important thing. And um, so, you know, that's my prayer. All, all you guys, that was so powerful. Guys, uh, just an incredible, incredible time together. And uh, I wanna just speak to everybody now at the Boardman campus and the Warren campus watching online. You know, we, we're talking to dads, it's Father's Day and Man, we're so excited about the opportunity that we had to be a father. And God is a father, and he wants to be a father to every single person that's listening. So many of you know God the Father through Jesus, and you appreciate hearing what you heard, and it's just powerful what, what we're hearing here. But maybe there's some of you that are listening that you're not sure whether God's your father or not. And I always like to say it this way. I'm not asking you right now if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you made it personal with Jesus? Because that changes everything. And all of us can remember, at least most of us, some of you guys grew up in church, I didn't. I remember the day I met him and the powerful turnaround and change in my life. So here, here's what Jesus said when he came. He said, all of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of God's standard. He said, so I've come to save you from your sins. And he said, you can't work your way there. You just can't. But I'm, I'm going to pay your, your penalty. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. And I want you to think about it. He's always existed. He created heaven and earth. He came into a human body. He experienced our experience. Think about that. For 33 years, he, he experienced all the temptations we do. He experienced rejection. He experienced death and sadness in his families. He felt it all. And then he died for us. 
And then after three days and three nights, God raised him up from the grave. Jesus is alive and he says this, whoever believes in me will not perish, but I'll give them everlasting life. So right now, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you, can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal? You said, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner and I'm gonna give my heart to you and bow my knee to you and make you Lord of my life. If you're listening, you say, I can't remember that day in Borman, Warren, online. I want, I want to ask you, why not make it today? Why not make it Father's Day? What an incredible time to, to meet Jesus on Father's Day, right? And, and I just want to ask you to pray with, pray with us and just uh, pray with those uh, that are in Borman and Warren. Just They're going to help you pray. And I just want everyone to help out. Those of you online, pray, pray with us here. We're going to help you out. And, and I just want you to say this after me. Say, Father God, I realized I was born a sinner and I repent of all my sins. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. And I confess that you're Lord and I make a decision to follow you today. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. You may not have felt anything, but they did. But here's the coolest thing. If one person on planet Earth prays that prayer, the Bible teaches us that God himself and everyone in heaven celebrates. Isn't that amazing? Seven plus billion people, just one God celebrates because you've now become one of his children, just like we celebrated when our kids were born. It's very, it's a happy moment in heaven. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.